This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. And it's that time of the week where we shift our attention to China. Yeah, we're going to decipher China's stand when it comes to the Russia-Ukraine tension uh, through their latest spat with Australia and lastly, of course, the possibility of China hosting the World Cup. Let's find out more from Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at the Straits Times. Uh, Don, China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi over the weekend has called for fresh negotiations to avoid major conflict over Ukraine. He's arguing that instead of moribund ceasefire agreements from 2014 to 2015 could form the basis for a deal. To what extent, Dawn, has this latest statement given the world a clearer view on China's stance in regard to this issue? I mean, it seems like Beijing is aligning its position closer to Washington. Is this really a part of their move, perhaps, to protect ties with the U.S.? Hi, good morning. Well, China, it would seem, is doing a balancing act. On the one hand, it has stood on the side of Russia by voicing its objection over NATO expansion, and its state media have been running reports and commentaries blaming the U.S. for stoking tension and playing up the threat of war. On the other hand, it has repeatedly called for diplomacy to resolve this crisis. President Xi Jinping, in his phone call with the French President Emmanuel Macron on Wednesday, also stated that the issue should be resolved through dialogue and consultation. And then on Saturday, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi said at the Munich Security Conference that Ukraine's sovereignty should be respected and safeguarded. And I think that surprised more than a few people that Mr. Wang came out in support of Ukraine and even named the country, because up until then, China had been quite shy to state explicitly its position on Ukraine. But I think even within the Chinese leadership, there likely are a lot of deferring views about how to deal with this matter. It has shown solidarity with Russia, with a strong joint statement that was issued two weeks ago. But at the same time, China also doesn't want to risk plunging its relations with Europe and the US even further, because that would be completely against its interests. Now, Don, here's another issue that we ought to be looking at. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has said a Chinese naval vessel has pointed a laser at an Australian defence plane, and it is now actually demanding a full investigation by Beijing. So this incident happened last Thursday. Australia says a People's Liberation Army ship had pointed a laser at an Australian surveillance aircraft, and it was unprovoked and an act of intimidation that endangered lives. The Chinese vessel was also in Australia's exclusive economic zone. This is not the first time that Chinese military has been accused of pointing lasers at other military planes. The US and Australia have previously said their planes were hit by lasers in Djibouti and in the South China Sea. Yesterday, Chinese officials said Australia's claim did not correspond with facts and Chinese ships had acted within international law and it was in fact the Australian patrol aircraft that came within four kilometres of the Chinese ships and dropped sonobois, which are used to detect submarines. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison says he has yet to receive an explanation from China about what happened, but he is under domestic pressure to be tough on China as he heads into a national election in May. So we're likely to see relations stay quite sour for some time. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. 
And now, back to our podcast episode. Quite excited about this one, Don. We've got China, who has just finished staging both the Summer and now Winter Olympics in the space of just over 10 years. There's one major international sports event for China left to host. That's the FIFA World Cup. I mean, why would China want to do this? What kind of obstacles are in their way? And what about a COVID? Is that something possible with their neighbor? Well, as you said, that would be one more feather in its cap as Beijing has already made history by being the only city in the world to host both the Summer and Winter Olympics. You might be interested to know that President Xi is a football fan and he has promised to make China a major FIFA nation by 2030. And so we've seen a rash of infrastructure and hardware come up, which is essentially what China does best. China's ambitions are clear. They want to qualify for the World Cup, to host it, and at some point to win it. So football is now part of the physical education curriculum in schools. And there have been youth clubs and professional football clubs that have sprung up across the country. And Chinese companies and enterprises have been snapping up foreign coaches and players. The problem is some of these football clubs are now in financial trouble and COVID has disrupted schedules as well. And then there is the problem with the talent pool. There is a healthy interest in recreational playing, but not so much in professional playing. And the Chinese team has qualified for the World Cup only once in 2002 without scoring a single goal. And their hopes of making it to Qatar next year have essentially been dashed after losing to Vietnam early this month. So if they are to host the World Cup and as host they automatically qualify to play, they will want to at least have Team China not be an embarrassment and they will need time to build up that standard. As for the possibility of co-hosting it, my sense is that it is unlikely. China has proven that it is more than capable of hosting big sporting events with the two Olympics and it has so many cities that it can choose from to be venues for the Games. Plus, it wouldn't want to share the limelight with anyone else because it is a major power in the world. Thanks very much, Dawn. We've been speaking with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. We'll catch up with you next Tuesday, Don. You stay safe and take care. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.